Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Wednesday, October the 13th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, edify, which means to instruct and improve, especially in moral and religious knowledge, to uplift, edify. Hope everyone is enjoying their uh, Wednesday, or will enjoy their Wednesday, I should say. Midweek swing, as always. Weather's looking pretty nice now here in North Carolina. Got rid of all that rain, three days of rain. It was, it was, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know about everybody else. Most people don't like rain, but I enjoyed it. I did. And it looks like uh, temperatures are going to drop off a little bit later on, maybe the weekend, going into next week. Going to get down into the 40s some nights. So here comes that fall. Here comes that fall. All right. Looks like uh, Durham City Council member, and I, I'm try- I hope I say her name correctly. I, I certainly don't mean to butcher anyone's name. Uh, Javiera Caballero. I hope I say that right who was the first Latina city councilor elected in North Carolina and would have been Durham's first Latina if elected mayor, withdrew from the race Monday, stating that she believes her best role right now is to continue to fight for my values and for people of Durham and my role on the city council, to which she has two more years remaining. Uh, She also goes on and acknowledging that she knew it would be an uphill battle from the start. And she knew she owed it to my community to stand up to make one more step in making sure that our immigrant community in Durham feels seen. Uh, Like, oh, did I say three years? But she has two more years left on her term. Now, the primary election results showed uh, her... um, Her opponent, if I could say that, uh, Judge O'Neill had uh, 68% of the votes and uh, Caballero ended up with 25% of the vote. Now, she says she'll continue to work on rising cost of uh, housing, gun violence and climate change here in Durham also. Um, Well, I mean, if uh, uh, it's quite surprising. I mean, uh, she did have, like I said, 25% of the vote, but uh, I I was surprised she got that much. Uh, maybe she just realized she just didn't have enough uh, percentage to carry on the race. But anyway, uh, it looks like Judge O'Neill is, is going to run, continue to be on, well, she's going to be on the ballot and maybe run un- unimposed because she withdrew her name. But by the way, uh, Councilwoman uh, Caballero's name will still be on the ballot. Uh I guess stranger things have happened. What if by some strange fluke, she wins? Will she come back? Who knows? Uh, Not too sure on that. But Judge O'Neill also released a statement, you know, pretty much saying, acknowledging her and and her uh, run for the mayor along with her. Those two were going to remain uh, or were going to be the only names on the ballot. The third person that uh, came that was on the ballot also for that primary. It was a total of seven, but the top three were, of course, Judge O'Neill, Councilwoman Caballero, and uh, Jamad Lane. 
I don't think he'll, I'm not too sure how the election laws work here, but I, I, I'm almost certain that, you know, he won't be on the, the ballot uh, since he came in third during the primary. But uh, certainly odd, if I can say that, because in addition to what she said was, uh, of course, he'll continue to work on the rising cost of housing in Durham, the gun violence and the climate change. She also was one of those that was uh, on that defund the police if I could say that, I call it a kick because it just seems like something, a bunch of bandwagon to me. Like I've always said, uh, there's no way in the world you can convince me here in Durham that defunding the police is a good idea. I think nationally it kicked off in, in a lot of the, uh, in a lot of cities and towns here in the United States, a lot of uh, these elected officials thought that was the popular way to go. So they all chimed in and, and supported that defund the police but uh, that's a no-go for me here in Durham. And which, surprisingly, uh, during the primary, while I was working, just a regular old day at work, I, I was uh, waiting on a, a customer who happened to be an older Af- uh, Black American man. And somehow, some way, we got we got on the conversation of, of the uh, upcoming election, the primary. And, and he said, yeah, I made sure I went out and, and voted. Because uh, as he as he termed it, it makes no damn sense to defund the police. Not in our community. <laughs> Old folks can give it to you raw and uncut. They just can and they will. <laughs> and and that's a good thing for me. I, I, I thank him for it. But yeah, I mean, I think though uh, that sentiment is echoed throughout the uh, black community. Um, maybe for some, like I said, maybe younger ones. But even they, I would think, as soon, sooner or later, at some point in time, we have to realize and perhaps change their stance on that defund. Because you would be surprised, the overwhelming majority of uh, Black Americans just don't support that defund the police. Especially those that stay in these crime-riddled neighborhoods. I can tell you, they just don't. I think that comes from, like I said, a, a popular stance, what was once popular uh, a summer or two ago. And for some strange reason, I keep thinking that it it seems like some sort of social experiment. Because, like I said, there's no way you can defund the police. But anyway, she withdrew her name and um, looks like Judge O'Neill. For all intents and purposes, man, she's going to be the next mayor of Durham. Durham's first uh, black American female. Female. Mayor. Appears that way. Anyway, let's uh, let's move along here. And, and this is a story <laughs> I, I kind of touched on Monday, but <laughs> it, it just to me it just screams of uh, one of those cheesy spy novels or spy TV shows. Remember, uh, Get Smart, <laughs> something like that. It appears a couple has been arrested and detained in a. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, they've been arrested and detained for being spies. Now, this Maryland couple was arrested over the weekend in West Virginia and stood before a judge um, Monday. Oh, I'm sorry. Stood before a judge in federal court in West Virginia also on Tuesday answering charges. And we'll be back in court on Friday to hear more arguments on detention and other bookkeeping matters. You know how these things go. The back and forth in court before they actually have a trial. Now, the husband, who is a Navy nuclear engineer, 
is accused of passing info about American subs, the Virginia class sub submarines, the propulsion system, how they run, how they operate to someone he thought was a, a representative of a foreign government. Still haven't said what foreign government he was. He allegedly thought he was uh, working with, if I could say that. But of course, uh, that would be foreign government representative. Turned out to be an FBI agent. They had been working a sting on him for a while. Started back in 2020, I believe they said. Now his wife, who's a, a Virginia school teacher. She works at some swanky private school. Uh, Lita said she was an English teacher or something like that, a humanities teacher, whatever the hell that means. Now, what they're saying about her is that she would accompany him sometimes serving as a lookout at Dead Drops location. That's where they would drop the goods off of this. Now, how they would do this, this is where I say it sounds like some cheesy spy novel or, or, or movie or TV show. At these Dead Drops, they would place these... Uh, digital cards or SIM cards that was loaded down with uh, numerous pages of documents on how these submarines worked. And they would leave them in uh, the, the micro... Oh, well, not microchips. Not everything's done on uh, digital cards or SD cards. And uh, they would leave them in Band-Aid packages, gum wrappers, or even, <laughs> even a half-eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwich that was left in a plastic bag. Now, if, if convicted, they could face life in prison. I, I wonder, I gotta ask, it's the strength. The, the, these spy cases, because we, we have had quite a few, but this one here is, is extremely odd because I don't know, maybe because it involves a uh, couple, but they seem like they were just a regular old married couple. How in the world did they get involved in spying? Or what led them to get involved in spying? Like I said, the husband was a, a naval uh, nuclear engineer. And certainly, he, he had a top secret clearance, and he worked on worked on submarines. So I mean, I, I guess. But what happened? I mean, maybe that'll come out in more detail down the line. I'm sure. But man, that's a, a half-eaten peanut butter jelly sandwich. Wow. That's that that there threw me. It just did. Would have never expected that. Never would have expected that. But anyway, um, I'll let you know what goes on with that. Man, it, it just sounds like some old uh spy movie. Something from the Cold War. Like I said earlier when I talked about ideas, I guess spies are still needed throughout the world I guess <laughs> oh wow alright uh, and also uh, uh, man the supply chain H have have you guys been following this this supply chain as a result of things being uh, backed up due to COVID of course from overseas like I, I spoke on also uh, last week about how uh, COVID has uh, ravaged uh, Vietnam and they of course, their people are out sick, so they can't get the goods out like they need to. And of course, as you know, the price of goods uh, have risen. But what's happening here in the United States is there's a lot of tanker ships or merchant ships that are just sitting in the harbor in uh, L.A., off the coast of California. They're just sitting there. Looks like a fleet week, <laughs> an old Navy fleet week or an old Navy workups where we all just sit out in the middle of the ocean and 
run drills all day, but that, these guys are just sitting there, can't unload their merchandise. Don't have anyone to work. In addition to the the, the, the merchant ships or tanker ships, also they don't. They, they, we have discovered we don't have enough truck drivers. Once these goods are unloaded, to uh, move it, move the merchandise. Man, uh, they're saying they don't know how long, truthfully, it's going to take. They need to hire people. So, I mean, this also goes back to what I, I, I guess, kind of, sort of, what I talked about Monday also when I said people are uh, realizing that they're expendable and they're not going to work. Then, of course, you have some that are still collecting unemployment. But, man. Like I always said, there are jobs out there. It may not be the one you want, but it put some money in your pocket. And it looks like as a result of this and COVID, we're going to have a pretty peculiar holiday season. Because they're saying to expect, not just for the holiday season, but just in general, when you go to these stores, to expect there not to be quite possibly what you're looking for on the shelf. They can't get it out. Man, that's that's. That's a kick in the head. <laughs> I don't know how Christmas is going to go for some folks. You know, some folks, they put their all into Christmas. They love it. Holiday shopping this year is going to be thrown off. Man, this might be that, like I said, this may be that year where Christmas for a lot of people changes from what traditionally is. Because you may go to the store and might not be able to find what you're looking for. Just Wow. Wow, COVID, chick it up. It has. It just has. All right. Let's go get it. It looks like Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson finds himself in the hot seat. Now, <laughs> wow, just wow. The uh, 35th Lieutenant Governor of the state of North Carolina and also the first Black American elected to the position has received backlash and ridicule and also has been there's a lot of people calling for for him to resign for remarks he's made he made during a uh, church service back here this summer at a church somewhere here in North Carolina in which he used the word filth to what so, so many say he used the word filth to describe transgender Ism and homosexuality. But he said he wasn't calling the individual filth. He's pretty much said he was calling the act and, and, and how the indoctrination, uh, how they're teaching it in the schools. Because he now he's he hasn't backtracked at all. And he said he won't apologize, he won't switch his stance. This is the same platform he ran on. And he said he's not switching nothing. He said what he said. And he meant it. He just clarified it a little bit. He said, I'm not calling the individual filthy. I'm calling uh, quite possibly the way we're being indoctrinated with it. And now it's showing up in our schools. Now, as he says, and I quote, there is no reason anybody anywhere in America should be telling any child about transgenderism and homosexuality, any of that filth. Now, like I alluded to, what he's referring to is uh, apparently there's some books that are in some North Carolina school libraries that school districts have admitted to that these books are there, but aren't being taught in the classrooms because he he has said that uh, 
you know, they're teaching this, this, this lifestyle choice in our schools. And he said that was just way too much for the little kitties. Um, he held a press conference yesterday and, um, he, I guess in, in this particular book or, or books or whatever, it has pictures that of course are depicting men with men, women with women. Um, I, I don't, I gotta say this. That's, um, because I saw the picture. And, and if these books are, are are in the libraries, I can remember when I was a kid. Uh, it's it's just free will to me because uh, if it's in the library and you you know kids get around and they start talking about yo check this out check that out, of course you're going to go to the library and check it out. Doesn't matter that it's not being taught in school; it's readily available and accessible in school. That's the catalyst for me: the availability of it for these kids in the school. Now, one reporter, uh, of course, said, well, what about kids in high school? Uh, (laughs) That may be all uh, 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 well and and dandy, but for the younger kiddies, for me, that's a no. That's a huge no. That doesn't need to be in the school. I I mean, I'm not saying to trample on anyone's right for uh, freedom of choice of what they want to do with their life. We're all adults. We all do what we want to do, want to do. We just do. But from the pictures I saw, uh, maybe times have changed, but they haven't changed that much for me for you to be putting those images or somehow, some way, subliminally teaching kids about homosexuality and transgenderism to the effect that you have pictures of men with men or women with women that are partially clothed or, or what appears to be totally naked embracing each other no 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 no. that's a huge no for me it just is um like i said i'm not trying to say no uh, impede on anyone's right to for whatever life they choose to live but for you to have that readily available in these schools that's a no because we all know kids we all were kids we all know how we talk and, and ramble on and, and give each other the the go-aheads as to the location of certain things that we know full well we shouldn't be uh, looking at. And to have this in schools, yeah, that's a huge note. Like I said, he's not backing down. He said, hey, I'm not apologizing for anything that I said. And I'll say it again. And he has said it again. Um, You got to admit or acknowledge that here appears that we have a politician that isn't changing his stance to go along with what's popular in this country. He's sticking to his guns. He's standing behind his words. How about that? A politician with a backbone and spine that's not worried about uh, election numbers or money or whatever the same platform he ran on is what he's he's standing firm on now in the office of Lieutenant Governor. Now, also, um, not yesterday, but I believe the day before Monday, those uh, pastors of the LGBTQ community held uh, a press conference outside of his uh, office here in Raleigh. 
excuse me, let me say, um, sometimes when you, you're, you're watching something, you can hear the blatant intended disrespect because one of the uh, clergymen or clergywomen uh, called him Mr. Robinson. Okay, first and foremost, that's not his title. That's not his title. He's a, a lieutenant governor. As to, I, I've never heard anyone call the governor Mr. Cooper or, or call President Biden, Biden Mr. Biden or even President Trump, Mr. Trump. They always put the, the title distinction ahead of the name. So why would you stand there and say, Mr. Robinson? No, he's not Mr. Robinson any longer. He's Lieutenant Governor. So I guess you feel as though you've been disrespected. So you're not going to disrespect him. Good. Tit for tat. Huh, that's very mature. That's usually how it goes, though. But yeah, I just found that uh, that that totally didn't floor me, didn't surprise me. But I found it uh, quite <laughs> an awing experience as, as to say, here we go again. Because as we know, uh, <laughs> it's not an easy feat for him to to, to 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 take this stance now in this day and age, and and for him to be elected as the first uh, black lieutenant governor, I think he deserves the respect that he he has earned. He's lieutenant governor. He's not Mister Robinson. He just isn't. I mean, I mean, that would be like uh, for that clergy woman who uh, who said uh, Mr. Robson, if, if somebody just called her by her last name, as opposed to saying pastor or or, or whatever, whatever the terms they use for uh, the, the clergy in this instance. Yeah, that, that was that that, that was. Uh, yeah, it was. It, it just was. It was quite eye opening. Not a, a moment, but uh, OK, here we go. I knew that was coming. But yeah, he's he's uh, they're calling for him to resign because what they're saying is his language or his speech is is hurtful and, and, and it's demeaning and demoralizing. And for him to they said for him to use the word filth to describe those uh, uh, homosexual and transgender was uh, a continuation of hate speech. I haven't heard that in a while. But yeah, they're saying that it was hateful and, and hurtful. Wow, it seems like um, every day we're hearing more and more uh, about the LGBTQ community and what their indifferences with uh, certain people are as it relates to these people standing up and saying, no, I don't support certain things or support that lifestyle or I have a difference in opinion. They're not really saying they don't support it. They just have a difference in opinion is how, especially with, with Lieutenant Governor, how it's being presented to kids. And I got to agree with them. If these books are in the library and these illustrations are in these books, that's a bit, that's way too much for these kids. I think I do. I, I honestly do think that's something that should be handled at home with your parents. There's no way in the world you can convince me that this should be taught at school, especially not now when we know that let's just be honest with you these kids are, are, are behind because of COVID there's more pressing issues for them academic wise that they need to focus in and, and horn in on as opposed to the social side um, 
I, I really would like to see these uh what do they call these these test scores for these kids coming out of COVID this year. Last year, of course, you know, it was a quite shortened year. And when the, the test scores came, because they still gave the end of grade test, they weren't too good. And that was all the way across the board. It, it just wasn't. So I think there, there needs to be a more effort and push on educating. Educating our kids, not socially, but academically, because they're lagging behind. Now, of course, you know, I'm not going to deny or act like we that there's not uh there there's not any lgbtq kids in in the school that that aren't attacked or bashed so i can i can understand the the mindset of teaching some sorts of uh what you would call understanding i get that got that understand that wholeheartedly but for you i mean I just want to know, I would love to see what, what these books actually say, because uh, it, 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 no one has came out with it and, and, and sat down and said, OK, this was it. What is in this book? Because yesterday at the press conference, he just had, had some pictures, uh, illustrations that he said they, they said were, was in the books. And of course, you know, at first he had said this was being taught in our schools. And then the school officials came out and said, no, it's not. It's, it's just that the books are in the library. Well, whether it's being taught or, or it's the availability for me of these books and these schools with everything these kids have going on in their lives. Now you're going to push this, push forward this doctrine, if you will. Like I always say, I'm not telling, trying to tell anyone I'm not the moral police by any stretch of the imagination. Hey, I'm far from that. <laughs> Believe you me. I am. I'm far from that. But for you to have this in these schools and have it readily available for these kids, her, the younger ones, high school, I can I can understand. Yeah. High school. Yeah. But elementary and and, and middle. Nah. No, that's that's a bit too much for me. That's a no for me, dog. That just is. There's no one in the world you can convince me that this is acceptable. It just is not to have an elementary because I, I, as I was as I'm hearing this debate or, or these talks I'm thinking about my own daughter who's in elementary and, and how she goes to the library she likes to check out books uh, heaven forbid if she stumbles across this and, and, and if you're saying well you as a parent you, you should have the conversation with her I've already had but she don't need to see no pictures about this she doesn't need to read it. That's something I did as a parent, even before it, 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 this topic came up. I had a conversation with all my kids about uh, what, not what you call inclusion, but not even about acceptance. But I had a conversation with my kids down the line of everyone in this world has their own life. They make their own decisions and choices. It's not up to you, me or anyone else to ridicule them or to pass judgment just not your place as a human being. That's the conversation I had with my kids. I just did. And and for the old my, my two oldest, I, I said to them, hey, if you, you you know in your your heart or your mind that you know it's something that you don't want to do, that's fine, but that doesn't mean that you 
talk down, degrade, or belittle anyone because of their lifestyle choices. It just is. That's the conversation I had with my kids. I don't know how everyone else's conversations went, but hey, that's just me. That, that's the way I, I live my life also. I, I could care less about what someone's decisions or choices are, and I sure as hell don't care about what someone does in the bedroom. Not my problem. I'm not having any fun in, the, in it. Why should I care? But now I, I, I just think this these these books, if they are in these libraries, they're a bit too much. No, they just are. They just, they just are. Well, I'm gonna get out of here. I got. I'm, I'm off today, and I'm gonna enjoy myself. Might do a little fishing. I've been saying I'm gonna do fishing for a while, and I haven't been in years. So I think that's what I'm gonna do today. Enjoy some of this last bit of good weather we're having here in North Carolina. Well. That's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response, and I would love to hear your voice. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.